Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood and... Laleem's Martian joins the show. Today, we're going to get into a very exciting day in Sens history. There's a reason why I posted it also at Sens Central. We'll let you know what that is then. Part two of our conversation with Sens prospect and Belleville Senator stud, Joey Decord. We uh, find out the hard way that I won't be designing his helmet anytime soon. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Friday, October 30th, and before I get into this day in Sens history, Hilsey, we have a special guest for this entire show, the legend himself, Laleem's Martian. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. It's like the extension of Sens Central Citizen. You nailed that back in the day, but man, I went back and listened to it. Pilsy wasn't even on, so Pilsy, Laleem's Martian, introduce yourselves. Yeah, this is great, and it's been a while since we've done a three-person pod, so this is going to be good, and... For all you Send Central listeners, you're probably like, finally, I don't have to listen to Pilsy and Ross all show. So, uh, Laleem's Martian, a nice welcomed addition to the show. Yeah, only 233 days since the Sens last game. So, episode 120 since that same point. So, you've heard us at nauseum. Nice to have a new voice on the pod. So, welcome, Laleem's Martian. Obviously, you can follow him on Twitter as well, at Laleem's Martian. So, before we get into yesterday's on this day in sense history which was a big one and that canadian heritage moment you tweet out hilarious but today in sense history there's actually two and these guys their careers have been intertwined the entire way but on this day in 1997 chris phillips scores his first nhl goal and then four years later Chris Neal on this day scores his first NHL goal. Now, I'm going to come to you first, Laleem's Martian. What would you do? So you score your first NHL goal. You're fired up. Phillips did it in Miami in front of 14,000, and Neeler did it in front of 11,000 in Atlanta. Where would you rather score your first goal? Ooh, I got to go with Miami on that one, I think. Just the extra crowd will do it for me. Yeah, and you also get the after party, which I think would be a bit more fun, although I've heard good things about Atlanta. Um, Pilsy, off top of your head, who has more career goals, Chris Phillips or Chris Neal? Chris Neal. Laleem? Neal. He had that one year where he scored, like, wasn't it like 15? Yeah, he was a sniper. 16 yeah, goals, no? 16 goals that one year, eh? He, I think he was buzzing on the power play, too, if I'm not mistaken. So Chris Neal, 112 goals in his career, and Chris Phillips... 71. So easy call there for Neeler. Stand in front of the net on the power play when you had all the talent as they did buzzing around. And that talent was the reason why on this date in 2005. So we talked a couple weeks ago, the first shootout ever. That was Sens Leafs' first game outside of the full season lockout. But then they meet a week later. 8 nothing the score. But that wasn't even the highlight of the game. How about Brian McGratton setting the tone? Because that, that's what the Leafs were known for, early 2000s. They were just kicking the crap out of the Ottawa Senators in the trenches. So what kind of message, Pilsy, did it send when Brian McGratton breaks Ty Domi's nose? The Ottawa Senators are here. But it was just Heater. He scored four goals against Toronto. Oh, and yeah. Best part, 
They're four goals in a row. Sheesh. So you get that four-goal output from Danny Heatley. You get the McGratton win. The score is 8 nothing. And the reason why we posted that at Sense Central is because we got a weird follow. And it wasn't just us. Sense Prospect as well. I'll come to you, Martian. Why is Kyle Dubas following Sense Central? Like, what? You guys, it's got to be that he's a closet Sense fan. Everybody knows that he was a Sense fan when he was growing up. And uh, I think that's got to be it. He just wants that little bit of Sense content you guys are providing. And I think he's looking at it and he's going, oh, one day I might want to be the GM of the Ottawa Senators. Wow, I think so too. I honestly think Pierre Doria might be hearing footsteps in the background because Dubas has done all this work just to set up. He's trying to come for his job. So maybe that's why Dorian's had this unreal offseason. And we've talked about this offseason. You guys, everyone knows where we stand. But we got to get the Martians' point of view. I know you were high on Josh Brown going back to the bubble because Joel Quenville just wouldn't play him. And you said that he was going senile because he didn't put him in the lineup. What's Josh Brown going to bring to the Sens? Well, Josh Brown, actually, so I have a little bit of a soft spot for Josh Brown, obviously. There's a little bit of a personal connection. He's actually friends with my first cousin. So, um, you know, he's a great kid. Uh, I've met him a few different times. Uh, fun fact, he's actually kind of, he was raised by, uh, you know, a single mother. She's a kindergarten teacher. So, obviously, she kind of brings that, like, nice wholesome attitude to him. Uh, he's clean as a whistle, guys. He's, you're not going to find anything where, uh, you know, off-ice incidents or anything like that with this guy. But on the ice, he's tough as hell. So he, he's going to bring a lot of physicality. I think, uh, you know, Dorian already said it. He's kind of just scratching that surface right now with his game. He's made it all the way from the ECHL all the way up to the, to the NHL. It's been a grind for him. Um, and I know that he's super excited to, you know, come in hot in Ottawa and, uh, you know, bring uh, – with, with that one-way contract, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be nice for him to kind of have that little bit of uh, comfort level, especially when he's got DJ Smith with him there too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So where, where do you see uh, Josh Brown fitting in the lineup? Like, who do you think is his ideal D partner? You know, I'd love to see him up there on the top pairing with Thomas Shabbat, but it's, it, it, who knows? I think it's, it's, it's kind of, it's up in the air, I think, for sure. It's going to depend a lot on camp and how he performs there, I think. Kind of funny you mentioned the personal note with Josh Brown, a bit of a divisive signing. I got the same thing with Erica Branson. So between you and I, we're going to be pumping the boys' tires for sure. But those were obviously more depth pieces coming in. I'm going to put two options on the table. Evgeny Dadanov, Matt Murray. Which is the bigger pickup for Ottawa? I'm going to go with Dadanov. I think definitely that offensive flair that he's going to bring to the team is, is, is something that was desperately needed. So uh, I'm going to go with Dadanov on that one. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good pick. Uh, especially, I think the Dadanov signing was so important because of the message it sent. Like, like we're guilty of it myself on this show being like, guys, we got to remember big free agents don't come to Ottawa. That's not how this is going to work for the Sens this off season. And Dadnov was, I would say one of the top free agents under Hall and Petrangelo, obviously, but in that tier right under them. And he had multiple teams to choose from and Dorian chased him from the start and he ends up signing in Ottawa. So you love seeing that for the future. Isn't it funny too, how, you know, it's always been said that, Three agents don't want to sign in Ottawa. And now the reason that they want to sign in Ottawa is because of the opportunity that they're going to get when they get here. Yeah, it's so funny. And you saw the same thing with Galchenyuk. Where do you see him fitting into the lineup? I think they're going to put him on the wing, uh, probably on the left wing there, third or second line. Yeah, I, a lot of people are debating, is he going to be a center? Is he going to be a wing? From what I've heard, he's mostly played the wing lately, and he's kind of gotten away from the center position. And look, the Sens need some offensive help on that left side. They're... 
They're not quite all the prospects that would be on that left side aren't quite there yet. So I like the one year low risk signing for Galchenyuk. It gives a little cushion room and hey, who knows? Maybe you spark something good out of him and uh, you get a real good offensive season. This is a guy that scored 30 goals once upon a time. So maybe you get some of that back. Right, and a guy who also is playing for his basically NHL career, you got to think after moving around as much as he did uh, from Arizona to Pittsburgh to Minnesota and getting traded for a guy who's a little bit less each time, right? He's getting traded for Max Domi, then he's getting traded for Phil Kessel, and then he's getting traded for absolutely nothing and signing a one-year contract. Now, does him coming and playing left wing symbolize anything to you with what's going on with the Tim Stutzla negotiation for this year? Because Dorian was pretty clear that he might start on left wing and then you go out and you get a left winger after you hear that maybe the release conversations aren't going that great. What is your take on that Martian? I think it definitely could have something to do with it. I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced that's the case. I think that they were probably looking for another forward on in free agency anyways. So I don't think it really has too much to do with, with the negotiations with, with the team over in the, in the, in the German league. So I think, I think that we can find spots for both of them. If uh, Stutzel ends up coming over. Yeah, it'd be nice to see, at least at the World Juniors. I'm all for him coming back for the World Juniors. It was tough even seeing because the Germans are doing some sort of national event under 20 and not even getting excited when their roster came out was a tough pill to swallow. But hopefully that hand is healing up good. We see he's uh, doing some good social work on his Instagram too, looking sharp. And you got to love seeing like Brady Kachuk, Drake. They're all liking his photos. They know what kind of studs coming over and, It's going to be great to see them all on the ice once training camp opens. We'll get more into this conversation and Joey Decord's interview, but we got to power up. And to do that, we reach for a Built Bar because you know Built Bar. They're the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it comes in 16 amazing flavors. That means you could go for over two weeks and never have the same one twice. Six, eight come in chocolate nut flavor. Eight are nut-free, but all of them 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. The bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. That's a nutritional grand slam. Pillsy, I need your pick of the week. If you love Built Bars, chances are you love chocolate. All these chocolate bars are covered in 100% chocolate, so I'm going a nice classic flavor, double chocolate. Chocolate on chocolate, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You will be amazed when you're eating this and you're like, damn, this is a healthy candy bar. Perfect for Halloween. Get Built Bar Bites as well. Wow. To see Built Bar Bites, go to BuiltBar.com and check out the entire selection of goods. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Make sure you use promo code Locked On. That's because our listeners get $10 off. Their first order, BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on, $10 off your first order. Pillsy, before we get to Joey Decord, like, do I have any chance of helping him with his gear go down the road? Well, I'm glad that you hopped in there because I did not have as uh, intricate of a mass design on the top of my head. But that if, if your design, somehow some artist can make that work with uh, all those different terrains and environments, that's a busy mask. If that can be worked into a mask, I would love to see that concept. Maybe we'll have to call Shifty and for you to understand all this. Without further ado, Senator's prospect and Belleville stud, Joey Decord. 
Okay, I want to talk about jerseys because we know the Sens went back to 2D. Unbelievable. Look sharp. I'm going to put you on the spot, though. What's better, that one or the new ASU alternate that just came out? Because that's pretty dirty as well. The ASU alternates that just came out are sick. And not for like the simple fact that they just look cool, but they're based on the football jerseys from 1975. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like they're like, we didn't just like make up that logo. Like that logo hasn't been used in like, what is that, 40 years now? Big math guy, uh, college guy. <laughs> but I like the, like even like the goalie helmet and the, like the player helmets too are like the yellow with the maroon strip down the middle. And though that's like literally the football uniforms from the 70s. So that's literally what it is. Like it's an exact, basically, you know, it's a, it's a, a recreation oh of the football jerseys. Oh, that's awesome. And then with the Sens, you're looking back at the 90s, but there's a lot of stuff you can do with that. Do you have any mass? I know you're really in- intricate when you're looking at your designs on your pads. And do we have a bucket in the works? Or we got some ideas too, if you want to hear them. We got, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joey Decord's gear brought to you by the Locked On Sands. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's get down to the details. One side, if you, if you don't remember Yanni Irme, just Google this guy had a ridiculous bucket early 2000s. I even how to spell that. Oh, man, Finnish Olympian, 2002. Come on, <laughs> man. We got to know that. I was six, so. <laughs> no, that's fair. But anyway, so one side of the bucket, you've got the Swiss heritage too. We got Matterhorn or some, some Swiss Alps in the background. Then you mix in the ASU. You've got a desert. And then the Centurion riding a horse with the, obviously the Sens bucket on top. And then the other side, just a huge 2D logo, black, little red in the background, and then Dak on front. Yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my guy Shifty's number, and uh, he's going to take care of all this for you. Perfect. Nice. You're just going to bring all your ideas to life. That That's is a, a busy mask, Ross. There's a I lot know. going on I, there. I got a little. Too I, much. I just don't know how you put Alps and a desert in the same. Well, so you got the background up top, and then oh. around like the side here. There's just well, the one side's cold, and one side like that doesn't. Hot. I don't. Yeah. Gotta have what's the transition? Flow. You need an ocean gotta in the have middle some or something, flow, right? Like my yeah. sophomore year at ASU, I did a I did a frozen desert mask. Like it was a okay. desert, but it was frozen over. So are you saying I got I got like three ideas there. I got to just narrow it down to one. Well, you just got to have a little flow. You know okay. what I mean? Got to have All one right. theme. You can't rip like four themes on one mask. Yeah, that's fair. I'll take that. So any in the works then? Now you're going to be under a microscope when you unveil yours because I'm going to be looking at every friggin' detail <laughs> of it. Honestly, like I, I let Shifty, like, like he's an unreal painter and I basically just tell him kind of like what I have in mind and then he just comes back to me with, like his creation of it. And then I'm like, all right, cool. looks good. Like whatever. And then I always just try to make sure I have a Sparky hidden somewhere on the mask, a little ASU Sun Devil Sparky mascot. There's always one hiding somewhere. Nice. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Maybe we'll leave uh, the art to the the pros. How about that? That's probably a <laughs> yeah. good idea there. Well, I gave him ideas for my last, like my first two masks last year. I actually never wore the second one. But like I wore the first one the whole year because I was playing good, so I was like, yeah, not gonna, yeah, not gonna mess with that. Um, <laughs> you just goalies, man. Um, <laughs> and uh, and the second one was really cool actually too. But I I told him kind of what I wanted for the first one, and then he just like put his whole own spin on it, and it came out sick. And he just kind of like at this point, he just comes to me with his ideas, and, and we go from there. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and uh, you've looked sharp so far. So definitely trust them. So that's that's your gear. Now, how are you preparing differently with whatever gear you're wearing in this kind of weird season where it's been so long since you've had an actual game, and 
you don't even really know when your next game is going to be. I mean, there's tentative games, but you're not sure. So how do you properly kind of time out your training so that you'll be ready once it is time to head to training camp? Been a, it's, I mean, it's been a unique year for everybody, right? Like um, for anyone, like a, an accountant or whatever je- job you have, like it's been bizarre and weird. And, you know, I kind of just tried to look at it where everyone's in a weird situation. So I just got to make the best of it. And, and for me, it was nice because I was able to take like the longest period of time off the ice that, you know, I've, I've had before. And, and that's something that's really important for goalies because we put so much wear and tear on our body and especially our hips, knees and ankles. That's like, you, you have to take that time off. Like if you skate year round, you're going to run yourself into the ground. I know I'm 24, but you're still starting to get older, right? Like I don't feel like I felt when I was 17, <laughs> um, just go skate for hours on hours and be like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll go back out. You know? Um, so for me, that was nice. And, and even with that included, like I've still spent the most amount of time skating I ever have in an off season. Like when I look at just total amount of times I've skated and how many months have gone by, like, I mean, off season has been so long. Um, for me, I just tried to, I tried to time it like we were going back in November. We're a little bit early probably, but at the end of the day, like, I feel like I'm in really good shape right now. I've been working on a lot of little things that I haven't necessarily had time to work on. Like I've been working on getting a lot lighter on my feet, a lot more, uh, a lot quicker. And just like a lot of little things that, you know, people don't really notice, you know, unless you're really a goalie person which has been really cool because I've actually had time to sit down and, and tweak little things, um, which is, which has been really special. And, um, I also started training this summer, um, and a new company called the greatness lab. It's, uh, it's in Woburn mass. And basically it's all, it's like vision training, but on steroids. And it's, it's more about training the brain than about just your vision. So it's all different kinds of machines and tools and computers and, um, you know, it's like a cage, big, big, big cage. It looks like a jungle gym, basically, with lights all over it. So, you're so is that mostly the off cage. the ice then? Yeah, that's off the ice stuff. Wow. It's all off the ice. Um, I've been training with virtual reality headset. Um, yeah, so it's been really cool. I've been doing a lot of uh, fun stuff to, to stay sharp and, and prepare. And is this your first off-season using the that off-ice VR-type training? Oh, so, yeah. So, I've been doing vision training for, like, since high school, but... Um, that's very like, like a one dimensional thing. Like it's just basically like, okay, there's like a board and you just hit a bunch of lights as fast as you can. Or like, um, you know, you use one finger to like hit lights in a circle or stuff like that. This is like next level. Like there's all these different machines, um, and like these big computer screens that can, um, track like how your brain's thinking. Like, so I've been doing this one, this one machine, it's called the XPL machine, extreme performance lab. And basically you put this cap on your head and it has like tons and tons of sensors that go all over your head and you fly an airplane with your brain. So basically as soon as you lose focus, it starts to crash. Wow. And then you, so basically you're flying through a course, right? And uh, I actually put a little clip on my Instagram the other day of me doing it. Um, you're flying through a course like a, like a, you know, you watch like an airplane whatever. I forget what it's called. Like a simulator? Uh, like a race course. Yeah. But just like a race course, like they're flying through the okay, like a Red Bull airplane, right? Like they fly through the gates and whatever. So this yeah. is just like these big rungs in the air and you're trying to fly through them. And as soon as you lose focus, it starts crashing and you have to like refocus and then fly through it. It's, and is it's, it your, your eyes are like pointing the way that you want to go. I'm, I'm just nope, like, nope, so just that, based on that's crazy. literally it, it's tracking your brain waves and your frequencies in your brain. 
That's amazing. All, like, so basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to like regulate your breathing and focus and not letting your mind wander. Right. So like as soon as you like, I literally consciously start thinking about something. And as soon as you lose focus, like the split second you lose focus, bang, plane's going down. That's, that's crazy. Like who, yeah. who would have thought that would be a part of goaltender training? So yeah. what, so with all those crazy uh, different off ice things you're doing, how have you been able to notice, maybe it's too, too little of time between, but how have you been able to notice your game switch from you've, you're doing all these visual exercises and you're focusing all the, all these uh, little mental things. Have you been able to see that translate to on ice game? Yeah. I mean, I haven't played a game yet, so it's kind of hard, but yeah, fair. Just, just for me, like, um, it's, it's really helped me with my breathing. Um, that's something that is, is very important. And, and a lot of that stuff's like overlooked, um, in the hockey world, right? It's like, okay, lift a lot of weight and run fast and, and do a lot of skating on the ice. You know what I mean? Like it's, I think it's really cool cause it's adding a whole nother dimension to, to training and off ice training and, um, you know, maybe that's stuff that I don't even notice, but it's actually helping me big time, right? Like you're hoping that you, you basically don't even notice that your, your brain is trained better to perform at a higher level. Yeah. So you're doing all these things, which is awesome. I mean, this sounds like such a cool concept at the greatness lab, but you're also, I mean, your dad still has stop at goaltending. That's uh, I'm assuming that's where you're training. What's been the, the favorite drill of this off season? Is anything, uh, are you training in groups at all or is it all solo stuff right now? Uh, so this summer I skated with like Corey Schneider, uh, from the Islanders now. Um, and then skated with Kondo, Mike Condon, former Ottawa guy. Oh uh, yeah. Pilsy, we just did a ranking of our favorite backups in sense history and he made, he made the top five. <laughs> he's, he's a legend. He's that guy makes me laugh more than anybody I think I've ever met. He, you ever chirp about those silver, those silver pads that he had in, for the outdoor game? I don't know. I'm sure we've talked about him at some Those point. Him and I, wild. we've known each other since, since I was, you know, 13, 14 years old. So known him a long time. Um, and, and he's also, um, in my, my, my workout group too, for, for the training in the gym. So him and I spent the whole summer training together in the gym and with a couple other guys too. Like we had Devin Cooley who played last year at Denver and he just signed with Nashville. Chris Dreger skated with us. He was in Florida this year with the Panthers trying to think Colin Delia skating with us right now from Chicago and Rockford. So we got a really good group of goalies and, and a handful of other guys too. Um, What's the most contentious drill you guys have going on the ice right now? Drill. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty like the goalie unions a, a pretty cool one because we're all just like really supportive of each other. Like we're just like, I'll like get out of the net and you know, Corey or whoever will be getting in and they'll be like, Hey, like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Like, how do you play this? Like, what are you thinking here? And and we're just kind of all like helping each other out and just talking through stuff. So it's really cool. Like you learn from the coaches obviously, but then you just learn from the other goalies as well. Like everyone has a little bit of a different philosophy and how they like to do things and how they like to play. So for me, I'm just always trying to bounce ideas off guys to see what they're thinking and, and, and what their thought process is going into a certain play or a certain save or um, a certain situation. Um, and, and I feel like I've learned a lot like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the training that you're doing is uh, obviously very intense, and I think it's going to help you in the long run for sure. And I'm sure you've had a lot of uh, prior training with your dad, uh, who is now working with the Arizona Coyotes, like we talked about earlier. Does that give you a little bit of uh, extra motivation uh, when whenever it is the Senators are going to play in Arizona, or if you ever play against the Coyotes, just to just to kind of stick it to your old man just a little? 
if I'm being totally honest, I'm kind of glad he's out of conference. Um, yeah. He was with no Toronto, kidding. right? And it was weird. Like, he was always kind of rooting for me, but in the back of his head, it's like, well, he kind of wants his goalies to do good too from Toronto. So that was a little weird. I mean, we had fun with it, right? Like, you know, having fun and, and chirping a little bit and whatever. Um, so now that he's in the Western Conference, it's, you know, hopefully I only see him twice a year, right? Until As, the Coyote uh, sends Cup Final 2024. <laughs> 2024 that's way too long all right all right 2021 well i was just gonna i was letting the coyotes catch up a little bit right oh yeah 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 Yeah, they need some time but i mean you played against the marley seven times so that makes sense about it being a little bit strange playing against your dad last question for me matt murray gets acquired by the sends two-time cup champ coming in on a four-year contract what do you know about matt murray well, I can tell you this. I know he's won two Stanley Cups. Um, I, know, I know he brings a pretty good track record with him. I mean, I've been watching him, feels like, for years now on TV, playing playing hockey. So um, he's a very established and, and proven goaltender, and um, he's had a lot of success at the NHL level. So I'm excited to learn from him, honestly. You know, I'm still my second full-year pro here, so I'm just kind of getting into it. And, and he's done – he's achieved everything at every level, and I'm just excited to see how he goes about his process and learn from him and – you know, can't wait to uh, can't wait to see him see him this year, and hopefully start playing hockey soon. <laughs> yeah, well, amen to that. We also can't wait to see you guys back in training camp whenever that may be. Great to hear you're doing well, though, Joey. Appreciate you taking some time to join the show again, and wish you all the best down the road. I'm sure we'll do this again. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Stick taps to Joey for joining the show. Really appreciate all of his time. A true friend of the show, I got to say. And how about that shout out? Joey Decord's gear brought to you by Locked On Sends. You love to hear it. A goalie-friendly show. We got Laleem's Martian with us still. And, hey, I noticed on your display picture, you're ca- are you weird? Do you catch the wrong way in real life? I do, but I didn't actually play goalie, so more street hockey. But, yeah, I, actually there was a time when I was playing minor hockey when our goalie got injured, and I did go in. But I didn't realize until after I got all the gear on that I caught the wrong way. So it was an interesting time. I, I think I took a shot from the red line and it went like through my legs and hit the post for the first oh, one. Man, at that point, you're just like, anybody have a baseball glove I need and I'll just use my player as the glove as the blocker. That's hilarious. Okay, we got to get your take on the outlook going into next season. You got to imagine that the roster is more or less set. Is this a team that could challenge for a playoff spot in a shortened season or are they still a year away? I don't know if they're going to challenge or not. I think, uh, you know, they're definitely doing a really great job of building an identity for the team. You can see that they're bringing in a lot of big, tough guys uh, to kind of surround some some of the more skilled players there. So um, I love that. You know, I work for a a tech startup. And one of the biggest things is, is, you know, creating a culture uh, and an identity and, you know, having having these pillars of of the culture and and kind of sticking to those. And, And that's how you kind of form an identity. And I really love what they're doing. You know, you can't just have a bunch of skilled guys on, on all lines. You know, you got to bring in some grit. You got to have that physicality. I love that about you guys. You know, you guys always, you guys are always talking about that physical side of the game and that's you kind of old school in that way. And I really appreciate that. But um, I think that, yeah, the Sens could push for a playoff spot if, if, especially if they get hot out of the gate, but, and with the shortened season, uh, there's probably better odds for them, but um, I'm not banking on it. I won't be disappointed if they miss the playoffs. I, I'll, be, I'll be looking for them to kind of be in the middle of the road. 
Yeah, I think that's that's fair to say, especially with these additions. And I want to get your opinion on all these additions. The Senators have the deepest prospect pool in the league. So many guys itching to get their chance to play in the NHL. A lot of people on Twitter, the debate is, look, we're not leaving enough roster spots for these young guys to come and play. What's your opinion when you see guys like depth pieces, like we talked about, Gabranson, Brown, Watson, Galchenyuk, all these guys coming in, taking these roster spots from these young guys. How does that play out in your mind? Yeah, to me, I, I don't see it like that. I don't see it like they're taking away roster spots from these players. I think you guys said it the other day um, on, on a recent episode, you know, they're not blocking these players as long as these players show up to camp ready to go. Um, if these guys come in and they're, and they're playing their game and they're playing well, then they should be able to get themselves in the lineup. The coach will recognize that. I, I believe that you know, the coach, DJ, is, he's, not, he's not there with, his, with a blindfold on. You know, he doesn't just set his lineup and say that's it. He's, uh, he's looking at these players. He's watching them closely. And he, if somebody's working their ass off, then that's the guy who's going to get in the lineup. And I don't see an issue with, you know, inserting different guys each night, you know, back-to-backs, things like that. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that, especially if there's a shortened season. So having extra guys is a good thing. And you're seeing a lot of guys brought in who can play center and wing. I think a lot of people just see Austin Watson as a right wing. This guy grew up playing center as well. So you wouldn't be surprised even seeing him center a fourth line where, well, who would you rather there, Watson or Anisimov? Like there's, there's a couple arguments to be made for that too. Great, great chat with you, Martian. We really appreciate your takes. My last one for you is outside of the first round. Actually, we'll say outside of the top five. Which of the 2020 draft picks do you think will have the best career as a senator? I'm going to go with Igor Sokolov. Nice. That's, that's my guy. Uh, he's endeared the fans already with his, his awesome personality. He's kind of that big Russian teddy bear that everyone loves. And who doesn't love a big, big body who can go in there and crash the net and snipe a goal at the same time? It's, it's very nice. So I'm going to go with Igor. He's my guy. Um, and before you let me go, boys, I got to give you guys a bit of a tire pump here because you know, I, I've been listening to, to you guys since I came on the first time, and I got to say the, the improvement's been, it's been, it's been awesome to see. Um, you know, Ross, you, you bring that enthusiasm at, from a fan's perspective, and you're always bringing up these different sense history moments that, you know, maybe I didn't even remember, but when you bring it up, it brings that nice nostalgic feel as a sense fan. And then Ross, or uh, sorry, Pilsy. You come in. Ross is getting the double tire pump here. Jeez. <laughs> Let's no go. Way. Suck no it, Pilsy. No way. Pilsy, you bring that, you know, that level-headed, that level-headedness. You bring Ross down to earth. You know, you, you have a realistic view. Uh, I'm not saying Ross doesn't, but, you, you know, you always look at things through, through uh, you know, a really objective lens. And I, I love it, boys. You guys are doing great. You're not going to catch me listening to any of these more amateurish type, uh, you know, podcasts where uh, – you know, you hear dogs barking and babies crying in the background. And I wouldn't even put you guys in an amateur category. But with the production value you guys have been doing, I, I think you guys are legit. So I hope more Sense fans continue to listen to you guys. Hey, you're the man. Martian, you and I will be up in outer space and we'll leave Pilsy to fend for himself up I'm on there. ground control. Hey, P- Pilsy, quick. I'm surprised you didn't go with uh, the pumpkin flavor for the built bar because I saw your jack-o'-lantern yesterday and holy shit, did you carve that thing with a, with a butcher knife or what? You didn't like that? <laughs> That's what I said. Come on. It's supposed to be rugged. That's spooky. You don't want those nice clean lines. It looks like it was made in a factory. This is, this is hand-carved. This is handmade quality shit we're talking about here. Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> well, he, he, funny enough, his girlfriend posted on the Instagram of both of theirs, but he only put his because he didn't want any competition. We see through that. You, you yeah. caught me there. You caught me there. That's fair. <laughs>
All right. Always a pleasure to have Laleem's Martian at Laleem's Martian on Twitter. Unreal follow. Mr. Meme, I want to call him. This guy is always coming up with the creative aspect of it. So a nice team tire pump to end this episode for Brandon Piller and Laleem's Martian. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team. Your team.